Hey, welcome to Church Experience. Thank you so much for joining us today. If it happens to be your first time with us, we would love to connect with you. The best way for us to do that is if you head over to churchexperience.tv connect. Leave any of your questions, your comments, your prayer requests. We'd love to get back to you. We'd love to be praying for you, and we would love to connect with you. Now, you're probably wondering, where are you? Well, I'm not gonna tell you, but I'm on our CE road trip, and it's gonna be so much fun. Hope to see you back next week for the start of that series. But we still have some fun planned for this week, so let's all stand, let's worship our God together. We praise your name, Lord, we praise your name. We come before you and we just give it all to you today. We surrender into your presence. Here I am, down on my knees again, surrendering all, surrendering all. And find me here, Lord, as you draw me near, I'm desperate for you. Desperate for you, and I surrender. Drench my soul is mercy.
our prayer today our prayer is to know you more because in your presence we are fully known and that's our hearts cry to fully know you for all that you are we want to know your truth we want to embrace your love we want to know your presence we want to know you your life we want to know you more, Lord. And so we welcome you now to this time. Speak to us now because we are fully surrendering ourselves. Lord, show us what it is you want from us. Show us what we can surrender to you. Lord, help us to give it all to you this day. And we can't do this in our strength, but only in your power, Jesus. And we pray it all in your name. Amen. as I can remember, as a family, we went to church together. I loved it. I loved everything that church had to offer. I was so excited. I loved being there. I loved the people. And I actually got to ask Jesus into my heart as a little girl. But then something shifted. Something changed. We had some disagreements with some people in the church over something so silly. And who would have ever thought that something like that completely changed our new normal, our new look at this church that we went to. And then at that point, I really started to do my own thing into my high school life. And I really missed out on getting to do those fun youth group activities or all of those camps that all of my friends were going to. And I feel like at that point, I didn't even have this relationship with Jesus that I once had. So the cool part is one day I met this guy and you all know who he is. He's now my husband, Brandon. And he showed me what the love of Jesus Christ looked like. He pushed me and showed me reading the Bible, what that looked like, studying, getting into the Word, and I just got this excitement all over again. So since moving here and coming to CE, I have been able to find my true calling, my true purpose, what I want to do, where I want to serve, and that's the really cool part is that there's so many possibilities that you can serve, that you can help out with, and everyone is willing to just use those gifts that God gave you. I get to be fulfilled with walking along with people and serving God with them. And then the really cool part, now we have CE College. And I am so happy that I get to be a part of this because that's whenever I saw God really shift my life. And now I want other people to have the same experience. And I want them to be able to figure out who they are and who God says they are. And once you get that Jesus feeling and you get that Holy Spirit feeling, there's no going back. You just want to tell more people about who He is and the good things that He's done in your life. You want to see people's lives change and you want to help people experience a full life in Jesus Christ.
when I'm alone, I fight my thoughts. At work, I choose to be different. Even in my own home, I have to decide to live with character. People around me want me to do things I'm not comfortable with. What's up? What's up? Well, happy 4th of July. I mean, wow, can you believe it's already July in 2021? My goodness, this year has just flown by. I, I'm just looking around and I'm thinking, where has this year gone? I mean, wasn't last year just absolutely crazy? Like, just crazy. I had never experienced anything like that in my life. And I interact with so many people, but people from, from real young to, to, to very old and up in age tell me the exact same thing. Like, Greg, 2020 was just crazy. And here we are on, on 4th of July and, and halfway through the year, and I'm just, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to celebrate. Restrictions are being lifted. Uh, more freedoms are, are given. And what a better way to, to celebrate freedom than in 4th of July. I'm reminded of all the freedoms that we have here in this country. It's such a blessing to, to live here. So many of our brothers and sisters around the world aren't even allowed to, to gather and worship like we are this Sunday morning. And I just, I just want you guys to never take that for granted. I mean, all the things that people have done to allow us to, to worship freely uh, affords us to do things like this, to, to corporately worship without any persecution, without, without any oppression um, as it stands so far, you know, and, and it's just such a blessing. And I never want to take that for granted. Uh, I, I remember growing up in Fourth of July, and it was one of my favorite holidays to celebrate out of the year. I would wait for my dad to, to get off work, and we would go and, and uh, go to the fireworks stand when he'd get off work, and he'd get the most flamboyant and loudest and longest fireworks possible, and we would just set them off all the way through the evening and all night long, just setting off all these fireworks, and I'd sit back and just marvel at, at how great I thought my dad was, you know, my, my hero. And um, man, what a, what a blessing it is to, to be able to celebrate um, Fourth of July, you know, it's, it's just it's such a blessing. And, you know, as a kid growing up, God has, has, has blessed my life, you know. We were, we were given so many different privileges, but I remember one thing in particular was playing in the neighborhood and having fun in the community. We would do things, one of my favorite things that we did was we would play war. And we would be outside and there would be one enemy and, and, and we would be trying to conquer the enemy. And um, gosh, we had such great imagination and, and passion. I remember one time we were trying to invade on, on some property and I mean, I'm like seven, eight years old, I don't know. And um, I'm trying to invade on some property and, and ambush a, a territory. So me and my buddies got the idea of if we're going to do a surprise attack, then maybe we just needed to be dropped in by helicopter. 
So what we did was we went and got some, some trash bags, and um, we would climb up on the tree and jump off the tree and use the trash bag as a, as a parachute, you know? And um, I remember jumping off one of the top branches and landing and saying, ouch, <laughs> that hurt, like, my goodness. But to, to think, you know, we are able as a child to imagine our reality. We are able to, to think it. And if we thought it, we were able to, to do it. What's up with that? Every one of us, as a child, has been given an imagination. Abstract thinking, free thinkers. We could do anything. Do you remember how that felt as a child? To just be so free and so gullible and so life-driven. How much fun you had and how much, how much things that you knew that you could do and, and literally all things were, were possible. And then you get old. <laughs> you get old. I see some of y'all. Some of us are older than others, but those of you that aren't there yet, you're going to get old. It's going to happen. And you're going to have aches and pains, and when you get up, you, you're going to feel this arthritis. But I got a question for you. What happened to that imagination? What happened to your imagination? What happened to that? You had big dreams and, and big aspirations and hopes, and then they simply, over time, begin to fade. What happened? And we get in this mundane cycle of life. Go to work, come home, go to sleep, go to work, come home, go to sleep, go to work, come home, go to sleep, and eventually our imaginations drift away. And I believe it's that exact reason why most of us here in America statistically are suffering with some sort of depression some sort of, of, of mental reality that we wish things could be better in our life. And if we could just go back to our childhood and the way that we think and the way that we live and, 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 and how free we were, we would be more happy and joyous and more excited about life. And my question to you today is, what happened? What happened to that imagination? What happened to that little boy and little girl inside of you? Is it still in there? Was that some sort of false reality? Was that youthful thinking? Is it possible to actually live your life to the fullest? I'm here to tell you that I believe it is. I believe that your imaginations were not by mistake, by coincidence, that, that God didn't give you these freedoms and visions as a child for it to eventually fade away because of the worries of life. Yes, we all get pounded on by different things. 
in our marriages, a, a wayward child, or not being able to, to have a child, or, or not being able to find a spouse, a husband, or a wife, or whatever the case may be, if it's an illness, all these things, bills, finances, come up in our life, and it beats us up. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants to set you free. Oh, yeah. He wants to set you free. And if that is you listening today or online, God wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. Turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 7. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The deep things of God. In this unseen series, We've been talking about several, several different topics. And specifically in this message, I'm going to address us as Christians that have been walking with the Lord for years. I'm going to start with us. We're going to get deep on the discipline of prayer. And then we're eventually going to go into the people that are new to the Bible, new to the church, and we're going to give some basic foundations on what's it like to pray. Let's consider the witness of Mark. Turn to Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 22. Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 22. Have faith in God. <laughs> How simple is that? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Jesus is, is telling us that we need to have faith in God. Throughout this unseen series, we've, we've talked about, you know, the things that are unseen that, that we're battling. And, and today, in this message, we're, we're unpacking prayer. And I want us to understand these words that Jesus is telling us, have faith in God, sums up all that we've been learning this month. Have faith in God, not in yourself, not in your intellect, not in your social status, not in your friends, not, not in your family. Have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, 
but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And it will be yours. Turn to the person sitting next to you and say, it will be yours. It will be yours. It will be yours. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Jesus is teaching the disciples about prayer, and he's letting them know that if you have faith in God, you will, you'll have the faith to move mountains in your life. And he says, whatever you ask for in prayer, it will be yours. Whatever you ask for in prayer. So this, this separates some people. Because many of us, good church people, fail to ask. They, they say if it, if it would have been done, it would have been done already. And, and, and they've given up on life. But Jesus says, whatever you ask for in prayer, it will be yours. And you get somebody like me that, that, that wants to feed you and wants to feed you. But you can be the best cook ever, but you can't feed someone that's not hungry. And you've let the mundane cycles of life beat you down and you've given up. But I want to remind you of Jesus' words right here that says, whatever you ask, it will be yours. It will be yours. He says, believe that you received it. Believe that you received it. See, when I, when I first started contemplating this verse, I didn't realize that Jesus was speaking in a past tense Type of way. He said, believed that you received it. That means you don't go in to the prayer and say, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. If that's the way you're going about it, you're not going to get it. It's believed that you received it. You already have it. It's already yours. The question is, how do you get to that? You say, PG, I've been praying for this thing for so long. Why hasn't it manifest? Well, did God tell you it was going to happen? See, that's how we get there. If the Holy Spirit has told you that's for you, and you pray, you will receive it. You will receive it. Whatever you ask for in prayer, it will be yours. The question is, do you believe? If you believe, you receive. If you doubt, you do without. And this isn't some humanistic way of conjuring up something to happen, you know, by mishap. No, this is a divine intervention, a calling that God has placed on your life. And when the Holy Spirit talks to your spirit and you speak it in prayer, it manifests itself. It's already there. 
You say, Pastor Greg, what are you talking about? Well, consider Moses. God told Moses to appoint elders that are already elders. That means they were doing the work of an elder before they were appointed of elders. He said a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. She was a wife before you made her your wife. They were a deacon before you ordained them as a deacon. And it has to be God. You can give them all the papers you want, but if God didn't call them, it won't work. And many times we, have you ever forced your way into something? You forced your way into it. It wasn't a clear calling from God, but you decided you were going to push your way through and make it happen. And you pray, you pray, and you got what you wanted, but you don't want what you got. Oh, come on now. (laughs) Some people want to act really holy today, huh? You know how it is. I've been there. I also have seen so many things manifested in my life. I'm not even supposed to be standing here today. But I knew what the calling was on my life. When I'm in the hospital and in my own blood, and everyone around me is saying, he's no good. He's not going to make it. He's done for. He's going to jail. He's going to die. God said, oh, no, 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 no. I called him to preach the gospel. I called him to preach the gospel. And when I called out to him in prayer, he snatched me out. And all I did was ask him, to manifest what he already told me was supposed to be my life. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it, and it will be yours. And it will be yours. Any disciple of Jesus has this opportunity. And you say, hey, Pastor Greg, that's cool and everything, but but what's a disciple? Well, a disciple, in the Jewish terms, in the Hebrew culture, there would be the head teachers, which is called a, a rabbi. And the rabbi would teach his group of people, and the people that followed this, this teacher would be his disciples. Now, the disciples would do whatever the rabbi did, the way, wherever the rabbi went, the disciples would go. The way that the rabbi dressed, the disciples would dress. The way that the rabbi acted, the disciples would act. And those of us that are disciples of Jesus, we follow him. We live like him. We do the things that he does. That's what makes us disciples of Jesus. So when we're talking about prayer, I'm reminded of when, when Jesus was, was beginning to get well-known, and, and he, he went up on this hilltop, 
outside of Capernaum. And he began to preach, which is famously known as the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew chapter 6, please turn with me. In Matthew chapter 6, the disciples ask him about prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is what? Unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So Jesus is teaching us his disciples, us, Christians, root word, Christ, Christ followers, how to pray. And he says, when you pray, it's not if you pray, it's when you pray, like Phil taught us last week. Christians pray. That's what we do. When you pray. Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and street corners to be seen by others. When you pray, go into a room. Close the door. Pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret Will, you, will reward you. So he says, don't do it like the hypocrites do. So there is a wrong way to pray. There is a way that you can be praying and praying just to be seen. There is a way that, that, that you can be praying and, and praying superficially. But see, we're not carnal Christians carnal, which came from the word carnivorous, carnivore, meat, flesh, fleshly Christians. We're spiritual people. And we go to a holy God who created us, who knitted us together in our mother's womb, and we go to him, and we ask, and we talk, 
and we listen. Our Father, who art in heaven, when we pray, we pray for an audience of one. As a disciple of Jesus, this, this is a foundation principle. Live your life for an audience of one. Please God. If you do that, everything else will fall in place. Please God. When you go to God in prayer, understand that him and him alone is all that you'll ever need. He's the one and only. He is God all by himself. He needs no introduction. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. There is none greater. Hallowed are your name. Hallowed are you, Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Pray for sustenance and provision in your life. Understand that everything that you have right now came from God. It is fr it's a gift from God. Nothing is owed to you. Nothing is is. is, is given to you, it's, it's, a, it's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't work your way to it. It's a gift. So we pray for, for sustenance and, and provision, our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now this verse lets us know that this prayer is a template. This is a, a prayer that, that Jesus is, is telling his disciples, us, how to pray. This isn't an actual prayer that he would pray because Jesus had no debts. He was sinless. But he's saying, forgive, forgive, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. He will not forgive your sins. He's letting us know that forgiveness is a lifestyle. As a Christian, we live in forgiveness. We readily forgive because he forgave us. We were destined for death, destined for hell, but God went to the cross on our behalf. This is how we live. This is how we live. And when you pray, and by the way, praying out loud is fine. Praying out loud is, is just fine. As long as you're doing it for the audience of one. But when you pray, pray with a forgiving heart. Let it go. 
Let it go. Because the one who saved us from death is the one that you're talking to and listening to. If you haven't heard anything that I've said, anything at all, if you, said, if you checked out or you, 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 weren't, you weren't listening very well, I want you to pay attention right here. Pay attention. Whenever you pray, consider how Jesus prayed. Consider the results of his prayer. And if we are really disciples of Jesus, we really need to follow him. Those of us that have been Christians for a while, we cannot live carnally. We can't pray carnally and expect it will be ours. We can't pray based off of what we see or what we hear, because no eye has seen, no ears have heard the things that God has for those who love him. Consider how Jesus prayed. If you heard nothing else, remember this verse. Lock it in. If you don't even know what to pray, read this verse. It's Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. If you don't know what to pray, remember this verse. Jesus was heard from the Father. The cries and the petitions and the reverent submission his posture to go to his creator and let him know what was going on. Brothers and sisters, we must pray. What a powerful reminder of, of who God is and what can be done in our lives. All of us have, have, have had so much ambition as a little child. And, and when we were young, I, I, I don't want us to lose that because God gave us these imaginations. He gave us these abstract thoughts. He, he gave us vision. And somehow the enemy has taken territory in your life. And you win your territory back through prayer. Through prayer. We've got to get back to prayer. Oh, prayer is such a powerful thing. I want to allow you 
into the commune that I have with God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for hearing us. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for allowing us to live. Lord, we know that you created us for a purpose, with reason. And as a child, we felt it, we knew it. And somewhere down the line, we lost it. Lord, when we hear your word, we're connected to something that is way more vast than we could ever know. And Father, we ask for your help. Lord, I personally ask for your help. Help me be a husband that serves my wife, that empowers her, to help her be the best person that she can be. Help us parent our children and lead them in a way that they're successful. Success by, by being confident and being joyful and happy and, and following you. Help us be good examples to the world. Lord, there's so much hate and division Help us be people of light and peace. Help our words be healing words, Lord. Lord, I ask that you help me submit to you. Whatever it is that you ask me to do, that I do it, and I do it quickly. Lord, remove any ill will thoughts that I may have. Help me listen to you. Thank you for everything that you have given and that you continue to give. Thank you for not allowing me to die. Thank you for allowing your son to die for me and for everyone else. Lord, we thank you we thank you for your love and your empowerment. And we desire from this day, right now, to never neglect spending time with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, what an amazing service that was. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know what you thought about today's service. Head over to churchexperience.tv slash connect. You can bring your questions, your comments, your prayer requests. We'd love to get back to you. We'd love to be praying for you, and we would love to connect with you. Well, we hope to see each and every one of you back right here next week.